the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. That's Jeff Murtaugh there on the other side of the glass, producing, keeping me online and on time. Thanks for tuning in. We have a treat for you this morning. Today's the day at the Ohio State House, uh, specifically the Senate Government Oversight Committee, will hear testimony on Ohio House Bill 68. That's the bill that contains both the SAFE Act and SAVE Women's Sports Act. Now, the SAFE Act prohibits puberty blockers, hormones, and gender reassignment surgeries for minors. The SAVE Women's Sports Act does just that. It bars boys and men from competing against and sharing locker rooms and changing areas with girls and women. Yesterday, State Representative Gary Click said he expects there to be some rock star proponents at the State House today to testify on behalf of the combined bill. One rumor is that former Buckeye football coach Jim Tressel will testify. And the woman I'll talk to next will be in Columbus today to speak to the importance and need to protect women's sports. As the old adage goes, the person with an experience is never at the mercy of the person with the theory. Lots of folks pontificate about the ramifications of allowing males with gender dysphoria to extend their make-believe into the realm of competing with women and changing alongside them at sporting events. But my guest this morning didn't have to guess. She lived it in 2022, and she's going to tell us about it now. Have a listen. Jeff, cut one, please. One of the arguments made by supporters of biological males competing against biological females is that males pretending to be females aren't a threat to women's sports. Our next guest, she would beg to differ. I want to take you back to the 2022 NCAA Swimming Championships, the 200 freestyle. University of Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines touched the wall one minute, 43 and four-tenths of a second after jumping into the pool. That time was good for fifth place, but that was the same time registered by William Thomas, identifying as Leah Thomas, who tied with Gaines. That's where I want to start. Riley Gaines is one of the most decorated swimmers in the University of Kentucky's swimming history. She's the host of OutKick's Gaines for Girls podcast, and she's with us today to talk about the important topic of saving women's sports. Riley, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jack. It is so great to be on with you. Well, we are just super excited to have you. Take us back to that day. I know it might be a bit painful, but can you tell us first what it was like preparing to compete, knowing that you'd have to do so against a male, and and maybe how that all looked and felt like in the locker room? And then uh, what was going through your mind when you realized the entirety of what had just happened at the end of the 200 freestyle? Of course. First of all, I want to mention it's it's a lifelong journey to compete and ultimately be successful at the highest level. Uh, you know, you start. I started swimming personally. I started swimming when I was four years old. Of course, graduated when I was 22. So, spent 18 years of my life really dedicated to my sport. You know, your training, your weightlifting, your diet, your sleep, 
the physical rehabilitation aspect, not to mention the personal and social sacrifices you have to make to compete at that level. Um, but, of course, we were willing. Um, but my senior year, uh, as you mentioned, forced to compete against Leah, formerly Will Thomas, who swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania, ranking 462nd at best in the nation the year prior to then, again, dominating, winning a national title against the women. Uh, so it was very clear to me that this was blatantly unfair um, in regard to the competition, but mentioning the locker room aspect, I can't even accurately put into words the feelings of violation mm-hmm. and really betrayal when you turn around and there's a six foot four, 22 year old man fully intact with and exposing male parts inches away from where you were simultaneously undressing. Um, and also, the silencing that we faced from our universities. There was so much that I knew at the time was wrong, but I'll tell you, I cowered. Uh, truthfully, I waited for someone else to stick up for us because I thought someone would. I thought surely a coach would or a parent or, or some other swimmer, some official, someone with political power, someone who was supposed to be protecting us. I thought surely they would protect us. Um, but it was that moment that Thomas and I tied, and I was denied the trophy. The NCAA told me that I didn't get to take the trophy home um, because it was crucial. They'd been advised that when photos were being taken, it was crucial that Leah was holding the trophy. And so that, to me, was all I needed to hear. That's everything that Title IX was passed to prevent from happening, and that's when I decided that I was done waiting for someone else to stick up for us. Uh, it was time to stick up for ourselves. It's stunning to me. You, you tied, but for political and activist-driven activist purposes, the NCAA said, no, Leah's going to hold the trophy. I mean, it might be an obvious question for you, and maybe it's a bit redundant, but I wanna, I'm want i going to ask it to you anyway because I think there are people who may be well-intended. They're just full of false information who say that biological men competing with biological women, that doesn't harm women's sports. What do you say to that? They don't see the messages that I get daily. Um, of course, since taking the stand that I've taken, I, I have become one of the, the leading voices on this issue. And so the messages that I receive daily from parents, from female athletes themselves, from coaches who don't know how to defend their athletes because they're scared if they do, they'll lose their job. Every single sport, every single division, every level, every state across the nation, this is happening. And notice, of course, it's only happening one way. If we really, you know, the argument that, that it's, it's not really happening, you know, the advantages that men possess over, over women, you know, they don't really exist. If that was the case, then why wouldn't we see this be happening, the same issue happening from women competing in men's sports? Bingo. And it's because women are not a threat to men athletically because and it's not sexist or bigoted to say this. Because men are, on average, taller, faster, stronger, more powerful uh, than women. Again, that's not to say that women are inferior. No, we're different. And we deserve to be celebrated and recognized based on those differences. And so um, I think it's incredibly disingenuous to say that this is not happening. Uh, Me, my teammates, my competitors, and female athletes across the country, really across the world, are living proof that this is happening. We're the collateral damage that this is happening. 
I grew up believing that I could have a better life through sports. I always believed that it would be baseball, football, or wrestling that would it would lead to a scholarship and eventually maybe a professional contract of some sort. Am I off base to say that there are girls and women who feel the same way and who are hoping for their version of the American dream through competitive sports? Oh my gosh, of course. Uh, speaking again for, for myself, sports is what gave me the leadership to take the stand that I've taken. It's what given me the confidence and the security to, to stand up for myself and of course others in, in this, this stance that I've taken um, to learn how to, to be on a team uh, to set and achieve goals. Um, all of that is a benefit of playing sports um, and no one should be denied that. Look, I'm not trying to say that trans people shouldn't play sports. Of course not. I think every single person should play sports, but it's just a matter of playing where it's fair and where it's safe. Uh, we cannot compromise fairness and safety. Um, we cannot prioritize inclusion over those things, or else we'll see what what's been happening. It will continue to happen. Um, but you're you're absolutely. Right. Um, it gave me my friends. It gave me my husband. He was a swimmer at University of Kentucky as well. And so I feel as if I'm indebted to sports, <laughs> to the women who came before me who fought relentlessly for Title IX. Um, I owe so much to them. We are talking with Riley Gaines, who graduated from the University of Kentucky as one of the most decorated swimmers in program history. She was a 12-time All-American, three-time Southeastern Conference champion. She owns uh, the school record in three individual events. Riley, can you speak to the false narrative that opposing males competing against females somehow equals hate? Of course, this isn't about there's, – there's really this message that I've been pushing, that so many have been pushing. Look. It's not an anti-trans message. The message is very much, it's simple. It's very much pro-woman. It's pro-fairness, pro-reality, pro-truth, pro-science. It's not anti-anything. Um, and so the idea that, that this is about banning trans athletes, as I said, no one is trying to ban trans athletes from competing. It's just a matter of competing where it's fair and where it's safe. This isn't to say that people with gender dysphoria don't exist. It's not to diminish or invalidate their experience with, with this internal mental battle that they're, they're experiencing. That being said, someone else's internal torment should not be placed as a burden on the shoulders of young girls and women, which is what's happening, um, especially as it pertains to sports. We're being told that we're the problem mm-hmm. if we're not okay with seeing a naked male in the locker. We're being told that we should apologize that we have to sacrifice our own comfort, our own internal gut feeling that something is wrong in order to be kind and inclusive and compassionate. But in reality, again, it's not inclusive to allow males into women's sports or locker rooms or or to use our language. Um, That's not inclusive. That's exclusive to the very female athletes who the women's sporting category was created to, to uphold. And it's not compassionate um, to ask a young girl to undress in front of, again, a fully grown and intact male. No, that's not compassionate. And again, I'm speaking from experience there. Welcome back in. I'm talking with Riley Gaines, one of the most decorated swimmers to ever compete at the University of Kentucky. After tying for fifth place in the 200 freestyle at the 2022 NCAA Championships, Gaines was denied the trophy because, well, politics. 
the NCAA and powers that be wanted to be sure that William Thomas, a male pretending to be female who took on the name Leah Thomas, held the trophy and got the photo op because it marked a big moment for him and the trans movement. Never mind the 18 years of work Gaines put in training, eating clean, prioritizing her world-class athlete style. Jeff, cut to please. I always say that thoughts lead to feelings and feelings produce actions and we are where we are because of what we do. It seems like we do things in lots of places that point to a way of thinking by younger Americans that seems to accept the lack of proper treatment for gender dysphoria. Instead, it appears many are okay with other people being forced to go along with the idea that an XY chromosome male is somehow an XX chromosome female just because the guy says so. Now, you're however, out among younger folks more as you travel and speak and advocate. What do you see among younger Americans on this issue? Look, I think we've we've certainly, to a degree, we've certainly been deceived, the younger generation, um, which I think is, is pretty dangerous because when you're deceived, you don't even necessarily know right from wrong. Uh, and so, like you said previously, um, a lot of a lot of the people advocating for this, I, I don't think they're doing it out of ill intention. I, I, I genuinely think they don't know what's right anymore because it's been so skewed uh, from the educational aspect, you know, institutions, academia, uh, but also the media, also within corporate America. Even we've seen churches kind of take a, a turn, um, especially the Catholic Church, which is incredibly disheartened. So mm-hmm. I think we've been failed by our institutions, the younger generation, my generation, Gen Z. That being said, I do think the majority of us still possess common sense, still um, understand that a lot of what we're seeing is is wrong and harmful, and we can look into the future and see how this ends up. But I will say people are terrified to say it. Uh, Unfortunately, we live in a society that has a prominent cancel culture Um, that terrifies young people. No one wants to be seen as the outcast. No one wants to be seen as as the one person going against the grain, Uh, which is why it seems as if I've been a lone face and lone voice fighting for this issue. When I can tell you, 38 out of my 40 teammates agreed with me that this is wrong. They feel the exact way I do. The other girls in the water competing against Thomas, they feel the same way. They're just terrified to publicly say it because they don't want to risk losing a job. Yep. Or, or risk losing the opportunity to go to grad school or losing friends, which is a very real and existing threat. Yeah, I think Paula Scanlon spoke out uh, on the issue. And, you know, you're not terrified. And, in fact, that's why you're in Ohio, correct? You're going to be testifying in favor of Ohio House Bill 68, a bill that would protect female high school and college athletes from being required to compete against or share locker rooms with biological male athletes. So excited to be in Ohio. Um, of course, I've competed in Ohio so many times uh, at University of Delaware. Uh, we always compete there in December, which it was freezing cold. <laughs> That's my memory of Ohio. But, but really, um, 23 states have passed similar legislation, um, ultimately uh, meaning you compete with the sex that you were born with, um, which has been fantastic. There's lots of traction, lots of momentum. Um, I'm really hoping that Ohio joins on to states like Texas, uh, like, of course, North Carolina and Florida and these states who you would imagine would pass it. Um, But even states 
where it's not as, as much as of a guarantee. Um, more purplish states have taken this on and gotten it through, like Kansas and, and some others, um, which is really good news. And so to be in Ohio, look, I believe every single girl, every single woman, regardless of age, regardless of what sport you play, regardless of where you're living in the country, every single girl deserves the right to compete fairly and shouldn't have to compare themselves physically to a male. And so I could not be more excited to be in Ohio, and I'm hoping uh, that we have some leaders, people leading the state, uh, who will do the right and just and responsible and fair thing and vote in favor uh, of HB 68. Riley, I have three school-aged children. Two of them are girls, and they are both athletes and competitors. What would you tell them that they may not hear uh, from other people that aren't their parents? Well, I think a, a pretty common message that's being sent right now by the NCAA, uh, by the Biden administration, uh, by even some of, of the leaders in Ohio, the message that's being communicated is that we don't matter, is that our privacy in locker rooms, our safety in our sports, our equal opportunities, our fairness, our feelings, our dignity, that doesn't matter to them. Clearly what matters to them is protecting the feelings and, again, dignity, fairness, uh, opportunities of a male, uh, of, of males, even if it means, again, we've become collateral damage in the process. And so my message to young girls across the state of Ohio, you know, to, to your young daughters, to my future daughter, hopefully that, that I get to have one day, um, the message that they need to be told is that they do matter um, and that it's not unreasonable uh, to want fairness, to want to compete fairly, to want equal chances of success, because those are hard-earned rights that, that women for the past 60, 50 years fought relentlessly for. Um, so they matter. You know, don't get discouraged. I, I think every single person should play sports, and I will encourage every, every young person to play sports. Um, like I mentioned, there's so much benefit to playing sports that, that really gave me the courage and leadership to, to take the stand that I've taken. Um, and so I believe every single person should play sports. Title IX changes were massive 50 years ago. The federal law that created an opportunity for women to have their own sports teams and leagues and carved out resources and protections for them to benefit the way that Riley Gaines is talking about. Now, all of that is being turned upside down as global Marxists use trans activism to further divide Americans and replace the celebration of differences and women are different from men and unique in their own powerful and purposeful ways. But we are erasing those differences and replacing them with a value system that says you either go along with the new world order or you're canceled. What a travesty. The final part of my talk with Riley Gaines is next. On the other side of this break, stay tuned to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Willoughby Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.